Oh my god. Here we go again. It's podcast time. And it's Julian Bray here, the grounded aviation expert. Well, that's what I call myself because uh, the planes aren't flying, but I am con- commentating. And oh, Chrissy Fuzz has just added me back in Snapchat. Now, that's something I haven't really come to grips with, Snapchat. Uh, because I keep pressing buttons and all I get is a picture of me in the bottom left-hand corner of the screen. But uh, no doubt one day somebody, some child about seven years old will come along and show me how it works. So how are you coping, folks? We're all at home. We're all doing things that uh, we dreamed we wouldn't be doing. And uh, frankly, you have to work out which day it is. And... Uh, it's quite interesting because the number of people that have totally lost touch with what's happening is unbelievable. Now, take a near neighbour of mine. She recently joined a funeral director's, would you believe, uh, left a rather abusive job and uh, signed up with this funeral director and is loving it because she's actually meeting live people as well as dead people. And uh, she's only three weeks into a training course, then the coronavirus thing came on top, as they say. So she just sort of got into it, treated it like any other commodity product. And of course, uh, she's running around all over the place, setting these things up, doing very well. Uh, but it's the stories that come back. And she's had just about all of them and the distress involved. And this thing about protective equipment for NHS people, well, her firm needs equipment as well, needs the face guards and the the body covers and everything else. And I just don't understand it because if you go onto Amazon, as I did, you can order up face masks and they're with you in three days. So what's their problem? You can also do the same for the rest of the bits and pieces. What it is, it comes down to money. The point is the government won't pay top dollar. And that is why it's being eked out by some nameless Mandarin in Whitehall who says, no, we're not going to accept that. So while we can commend them for all the things they are doing, like setting up the Nightingale Hospital, this whole thing about protective equipment, If the people who are dealing with all these tragic cases haven't got the equipment, they shouldn't be there. And they should just withdraw their labour and then magically overnight you will find that all the equipment will be there and in place. And so rather than going through traditional sourcing methods, you go somewhere else and you make sure it happens. And if America's buying it all up, then what you do, you quite simply uh, sort of stop the shipments. If they're shipped through the UK or there's aircraft coming in, whatever, there has to be a way around it. The point is we're in a war setting. And so that would be my advice to the government. They probably won't take it, but uh, they've nicked all my ideas so far. Every time I tweet something, two or three weeks later, we find that it's happening. The latest one is that... uh, the seaborne yacht, which which in fact is a cruise ship, is going to be moored alongside, I think it's either Birmingham or Manchester, Nightingale Hospital. And of course, that's what I suggested for the London one, because 
you have a ready-made floating city, self-contained. It's got everything in there. It's got a huge commercial laundry on board, for heaven's sakes. It's got all the catering you'd ever wish for. And it has a highly experienced crew. And normally the big cruise ships have about three to 400 uh, butchers, butchers alone, then catering staff on top. Remember, these uh, cruise ships have about a similar number of crew to the passenger load. So if it's a 5,000 uh, cruise ship, 5,000 passengers, then you'll find that your crew will be around about, uh, well, four and a half, five thousand. 5,000. That is the way it goes. Well, I don't know what happened there, but uh, somebody came in and the thing suddenly switched off. But uh, never mind, we just press on. And so by using a cruise ship, you have this self-contained city. Power, water, water purification. Uh, you've got the whole lot there, rather than sort of going back to people like Compass. Would you believe Compass doing the catering at the Nightingale Hospitals? It's got to be the world's worst organisation, in my personal view. And uh, they've gone to their usual government uh, outsources, which I don't think is a good idea, but uh, there you go. So the podcast lives. The podcast seems to be everywhere, and it's quite good, really, because uh, we were doing podcasts, well, within the broadcast community quite a while ago, and then... Now it's been rolled out everywhere. So it's another method, method of communication to try and put my teeth in. It's now very early in the morning. I did want to get this podcast completed yesterday, but quite frankly, uh, the sun was out and I was locked in the garden. And uh, there was actually something quite good on television. So I did actually watch that. And I had a couple of broadcasts to do so that suddenly the day just disappeared. I have a peculiar situation. I have a rescue cat here that's virtually blind. His uh, short sight has gone. He's got a little bit of long sight. So I have to act as his uh, doorman, really. We've got a cat flap, but uh, he doesn't use the cat flap. He just stands there and uh, bashes it uh, with his paw, rather like a boxer on one of those punch bags. So I'm up and down all the time, letting him in, letting him out. And uh, so it goes on. But where are we now? So today is Sunday. It's Easter Sunday. Happy Easter, everybody. And I hope you've got lots of eggs and you're going to make yourselves thoroughly sick. And you've hidden all the eggs in your garden. And uh, the ones that you're allowed to uh, meet and see are going to be busy finding them. They'll be sick later. But that is what Easter is all about. And the Queen, of course, will make her message. She's doing quite a lot lately, and she's doing really well, I think. She's hit the mood right on the head. Another beef I've got is this whole question of this PPE, Personal Protective Equipment for NHS Frontline People. Now, clearly, if you're in an industry and they don't give you the right uh overalls, uniforms, safety boots, whatever, 
your union will withdraw your labour. That's if you're a member of a union. But somehow it seems to be all right to put these people into harm's way without the right kit. Uh, and they just play on their sense of duty rather than saying, no, we're not doing it. I promise you, if people withdrew their labour in the NHS over PPE, you would find that government would suddenly uh, mobilise forces all over the country uh, to start making this PPE. It's fairly straightforward. We're talking about gowns, uh, which are all cut to a, a simplified pattern, uh, a lot of overlocking, which is a sewing term apparently, and seaming up, and that's it. Uh, the material is available. It has to be a special waterproof material, obviously, and there have to be thousands of sewing rooms attached to fashion houses and retail establishments, tailors, if you like, who would... Um, dearly like to do this, just for a little bit anyway. So we've actually had Priti Patel, uh, who's the Home Minister, or Home Secretary, really ought to say. She did her press conference yesterday and took forever to say the things that uh, we've all heard before, mainly platitudes, and but there's one bit where she sort of gave an apology, but it wasn't an apology. Uh, I'm sorry if you've I'm sorry if you felt offended or whatever it was. But the point is it didn't come over as sincere. She doesn't come over as sincere. Uh, the only saving grace is that she's not our defence minister, uh, because that would be an unmitigated disaster. Uh, I really don't see what uh, uh, the other politicians see in her. Uh, she's very forceful, fine, but the point is she's not a people person. And uh, there's been an awful, well, a high number of stories about how she treats staff. So why not sideline her? There must be somebody else uh, willing and able to take over the job. And so perhaps we can actually get somewhere. But the problem being, of course, that this is a very young government. It's only just come in. And uh, the, the catalyst or the figurehead or the key person, Boris Johnson, is thankfully out of uh, the real intensive care and is now on a ward being given the occasional oxygen. Uh, it does appear that he was very, very ill indeed, and it's going to be some time before he actually comes back operating as a prime minister. He's probably just as well that uh, it's the start of his term if you like so uh, there's plenty of time to catch up and this will also see whether Dominic Raab and uh, the others uh, in his close cabinet are able to pick up on all the strands that have been left to them to do so far on supply of the equipment they've been a dead loss and I'm also uh, slightly shall we say disappointed that the usual suspects, shall we say, like Compass for catering and initial services uh, who do cleaning and rent-a-kill, who do bug control, have all been given contracts for the new Nightingale hospitals. They don't seem to have been put out for tender because I'm sure you would get some more entrepreneurial people in 
rather than these monosyllabic type organizations who just simply stick a markup on top of everything they spend. Um, the problem is they do things a certain way which might not meet uh, the requirements of what's required under emergency or warlike conditions. That is another thing we, re we really ought to consider and saying, right, it is a war situation. And I say that advisedly because there are stories floating around that uh, this virus actually escaped from a lab in China. Uh, and the market thing was just a put up story. And it was, well, this is an instance of chemical warfare. And heaven's sakes, it's certainly been effective in the most horrible way possible. So I think we really need to look at this. And of course, uh, where does all the PPE equipment come from? Well, the same country, of course, China. Yes, just pause on that thought for a minute. So what is happening here? So clearly they don't need to drum up trade for PPE because everybody in the world has to go to China to get it. So it's high time that uh, we had alternative forms and sources of supply and alternative supply chains too. That is the only problem about recording uh, these things first thing in the morning because your voice goes and uh, it's a bit throaty, a bit croaky. I think it's just because we had the hot weather yesterday and it gets to you. And of course, uh, the weather forecast now says it's going to get cold and we're actually going to get frost on Tuesday night. So um, I'm sorry for all the gardeners out there who probably put in a lot of lots of bedding plants to try and spruce up their gardens. But uh, unless they're protective, they're all going to be dead by Wednesday. So that is something else to have a look at. Uh, low pressure coming down from Scandinavia, it says on the box. And uh, hmm, we shall have to deal with that, as we usually do. Have we had our summer? Are we going into autumn now? Who knows? It's just one great big mess at the moment. So we don't really know where we are. And I've actually got a new phrase. Well, I pinched it from somebody. It's not a dressing gown anymore. It is a distressing gown. Uh, because you're distressed that you're at home all day. And, of course, um, the option not to change out your pyjamas um, is quite great but I still like to get dressed <laughs> from time to time uh, if only to mark the days and also it encourages you to go out and do things so uh, the other day I thought right I must do the car because it's filthy so I've got a car wash one of these little car, car wash machines and so I started doing my car now we've got two cars, yeah, I know, but uh, we have got a little old mini convertible and a Saab convertible, so both old cars, but they're, they're absolute fun to drive and uh, in the sun or in the summer, when we have a summer, take the lid off is absolutely amazing. So uh, long may it go and I've got a really good garage who keep the Saab on the road even though they stopped making them eight years ago amazing Saab just decided they'd pull the plug on it two sides of the family couldn't really agree and that's what happened there if you pick the bonnet up uh, you'll find it's a Vauxhall or General Motors subframe 
and its General Motors components, but uh, it is a very comfy car, and you can pick them up for next to nothing now. Uh, about oh, 1,600 quid will buy you a really good quality car, but uh, obviously it just gets one good service a year, and it gets its MOT sales through that. Um, I think the last MOT nearly picked it up on because uh, there wasn't screen wash in it, so obviously they put the screen wash in, and then it was okay. So that is just a little tip. Now, I don't know about you, but have you seen the arrangements at supermarkets? I've had friends saying, well, we went to Tesco, and it was like a, a bear garden. There's people, shelves are empty, people are fighting, uh, lots of grumpy people. And I said, well, why don't you go to Aldi? Because uh, they've got it very well organized there. Uh, the local Aldi always seems to have stock. That's if you go in first thing Friday because they get their deliveries Thursday and they get another lot on Sunday. So those are the two best days to go in. So you always make sure they're uh, provisioned up for the weekend trade. So they might have changed it now, but uh, they always seem to have stuff. Oh, no, I tell a lie. They haven't got flour, and pasta is usually in short supply. So that's it. Somewhere around here, there's an army of bakers uh, baking away. Um, so it, it really is quite amazing. I blame Bake Off myself. But there you go. You just cannot get flour at the moment. And I do feel sorry for the mums and dads with children uh, down here we're right by a river and there's a river uh, walk pathway and uh, we see them going along there some families are well organized other families you can tell that the kids are bored out of their mind it's like picking up sticks and throwing them rather than just looking around enjoying everything that they're doing so it's it's pretty unfair, really, because you're going to have them off for this period of time. Then, of course, you've got the summer holidays coming up and um, still no news whether you'll be able to take them on holiday. Or even worse, you might have actually paid for the holiday and you can't actually go on it because the situation is that uh, the government rules at the moment on travel is quite simply don't stay at home. So even if you wanted to go somewhere, you couldn't. That is the way it works. Now, I hear you saying, well, he's just repeating everything everybody else is saying. But the point is, it doesn't actually get through. Um, let's take holiday companies, for example. If your holiday has been cancelled, you have an automatic right to a cash refund. Not a voucher, not an IOU not something put off till the next year. The legal right is for you to get your money back in full. Now, clearly, if everybody went in and said, look, I want my money back, then companies would collapse because, let's face it, they spent your money already. As soon as it comes in, it goes out and it pays the bills for last year. And that's the way it works. So they get the money in, uh, do the marketing, so the deposits you're paying that's all the tele ads and the marketing the catalogs and things like that and so the margin uh, at the end of the day is quite small 
Now, if you disrupt the circle of life, if you like, and one section of it doesn't work, then of course they're in trouble because they've spent the money on the marketing and arranging and everything else, and they've got your booking. But then, uh, for whatever reason, force majeure, if you like, they're unable to carry out the contract. So your problem now, of course, is that you're being asked to take a deposit or rather take a donate, not a donation, what I'm talking about, take a credit note to be used next year for a holiday. The problem is you don't know where that holiday is going to be and you certainly don't know whether the favoured hotel you picked out for this year is actually going to be in business. Also, you don't know what you're going to meet when you get over there because they've all had coronavirus as well and they've all had terrible knockbacks and they've had lots of people dying and there will be a residual number of people uh, around who will be carriers and passing it on still. So all these are considerations if you're taking yourself and a family abroad. So having said that, um, I'm not giving you much hope here, but uh, I would actually press for a cash refund. Um, if the holiday companies are short of money, then they can look to their uh, bankers to see if they will help them out. Well, they've also got government loans as well, but uh, your money is safer in your bank account than their bank account, I would suggest, because if they do go bust for whatever reason, you would just be an unsecured creditor, which means that you're right down the bottom of the list after the liquidator's been paid off, the end revenue's been paid off, and people who have secured debts with the company. So you might be lucky to get, say, uh, tuppence in the pound if um, it goes bust. So don't accept the credit note. They will fight very hard against it but make sure you do get your money back. That's always a good idea not to send emails or phone calls, but to send a good old-fashioned letter addressed to the company secretary and make sure it's the registered office of the company and asking for your money back. And if you don't get your money back, then you go off to, uh, well, you try uh, the claim line on the internet, fill it in, and you put a claim into the small claims court. If it's under £5,000, um, no problem. There are no costs involved, and you should get your award. And if they don't pay up the award, at least you would get interest on the debt uh, that's owed. Or you could put them into liquidation if they don't come up with the money, provided that you win your case. So keep all your vouchers, Keep all the paperwork, um, neatly file it in date order, and uh, then make three copies of the file, because you will need that as part of your evidence. Then fill in the claim form, send it off. It's very, very simple, and you'll find that most firms will roll over at the first sight of the writ coming in. The ones that don't, you know that they're on dodgy ground anyway, and the ones that really fight it, well... Um, it's not going to cost you anything uh, because there are no costs involved. So that is my tip for today uh, regarding that, and I hope uh, it's going to help a few of you out. So 
Easter Sunday, usual Easter messages not happening for the first time in churches since uh, 1280, somebody said. Uh, but vicars and, and rabbis are finding ways of using the internet and are also using WhatsApp groups and also telephone conference calls, I understand. Uh, you get a number, you all dial in, and you hear the sermon, you hear the service. So that is something. So, uh, so traditions are important, and it's, I'm, I'm pleased that people are actually trying to find other ways of delivering. Um, I had a, an email from a friend of mine who is a comedian, and he works the cruise ships quite a lot. He flew out to Perth in Australia. They flew out, and he was supposed to do uh, a whole week on a P&O ship, and then he'd fly on to another ship somewhere. And he's actually been on there for five weeks, five weeks. Of course, he would only have material for the number of shows that he needed to do. So there he was during the day uh, reworking his material and uh, doing extra shows throughout the cruise. Uh, I hear they were delivered by television because a lot of people were confined to their cabins. But uh, at least it shows that the entertainment industry is adaptable. And of course, um, the, the chap's name is Jeff Stevenson, who's, who's a very funny man. He goes uh, under the Twitter handle of uh, British Comic. So, you've well, you would have seen him actually. Do you remember the awful Bugsy Malone film when they all had burp guns and things? Um, this is many years ago, and all the kids. Uh, took all the leading parts. Well, he was one of the kids uh, that long ago. And also, in the classic um, Only Fools and Horses pub scene, where Trigger falls... Is it Trigger? No, one of them falls through the bar. No, it's not Trigger, it's it's uh, Jason's character, isn't it? And, um, well, the, the hapless comedian in the background doing his set was... Yes, young Stevenson there. So he's got residual fame there, but he is a very funny man. He he warms up for all the top people as well. Um, all these big arena shows, they always have a warm-up act, and he does quite a lot of that. So well done, and uh, I'm glad he's back in the UK again. Uh, I think he's quite glad to be back too. The television's quite weird as well, isn't it? Because uh, everybody is seems to be working from home. And it's amazing what interest we take in the background of all these Skypes and other called Zooms and uh, uh, WhatsApp calls or just uh, Snapchat as well. And uh, some people have got it uh, that you must have the camera at right angles to your face. And then others, you have the back of the laptop bolt upright rather than at an angle and you must raise the laptop so the lens of the camera is at your eye line a lot of them don't do it and so you get this weird keystoning and people with pointy heads as they as they kind of look so they're leaning back and they don't understand the 
idea is that you actually look at the lens rather than look around. But that is the way these things go. I started to tell you the story about the, the car washing, either as a distressing gown or get dressed and go and do something. So I got dressed and started doing something, got the car, the car washer out, and I'm busily washing my car. Uh, and then the, the little car we have, the two cars we got. So I'm washing those. And then there's a the neighbor's car next door. Now, he works about 80 miles away. And uh, he's been furloughed, so he's, uh, but his company have uh, topped up his, his 80% that they're going to get from the government. So he's actually getting 100% for three months. And then they'll say, uh, we'll see how it goes. He's one of these clever people who um, designs games, um, works for, well, I think it's called Games Workshop, his company, but they're very successful. And it's a multi-million pound industry but it's very very stressful obviously because of our element of creativity and um, concentration anyway his car's he's got a little uh, citroen and uh, well it's a bit dirty i'll give it a blow over and make sure it's, it's it looks pretty good so put the gunk into the uh the car washing machine all the rest of it did my cars they come out beautifully sparkly lovely okay I'll go on to this one. So I'm hosing it down. I've got the soap wash on and everything else. And I've got the brush over it. I thought, what earth is on here? And, uh, of course, most of the bodywork on that little Citroen is plastic. And I didn't realise, of course, that uh, unlike a metal substrate, um, road grime, if you like, doesn't actually come off as easily. It It sort of forms a kind of gluey fatty uh, sheen over it so I'm washing it away and everything else it all looks brilliant and think right that's that that's that done then when it dried out it dries in mud patches everywhere so did again put the uh, brush back onto it and finally it took three times as long to do that one little car as a favor to a neighbor as it did to do both my cars together there's a moral in this story somewhere, and when I find it, I'll let you know. Of course, the, the other problem at the moment is that uh, with having everybody home, you can't have bonfires uh, because everybody's at home, and they're all going to complain if you do. So I've got a problem there because I've got a slightly overgrown garden, I admit it. And I thought, right, okay, as soon as we get some good weather, I'm going to... Uh, gets all this lot cut back so it just grows like mad and we've got quite a few trees in the back garden in a very small plot but then all these things happen and you leave it and then suddenly you find that uh, everything's in full bloom or growing like mad and uh, then there's no way you can actually sort of chop the stuff down uh, only so much you can get into the gardening brown bins and so the rest of it has to be burnt. That's the only way to do it. But uh, do it at the moment uh, is a problem because, uh, as I say, everybody's around. But I do have an arrangement with the neighbours. Uh, what I do, I, I'll have one burn on a Tuesday and it's after 2 p.m. in the afternoon. So she knows when to close her windows 
and uh, that seems to work all right. Now, provided that there's a wind blowing and it's blowing it away, that's okay. But lately we've had absolute still. So what's happened is that the plume of smoke has gone straight up and it's hung around for ages, which means the smell hangs around. So if anybody can find another way of doing this, um, that would be really appreciated because I do want to stay in with the neighbours. We had a neighbour from hell. He's gone. And the neighbour that's in now is very nice indeed. So really would like to stay in her good books. I'll tell you what, life is getting very bizarre around here because uh, next door's cat, he's a three-legged cat, by the way, lost his leg in a car accident, but still gets around just as quickly. Um, he comes in and we, we have a sort of on-demand bowl of irons down so all of our cats can help themselves whenever they like. Uh, but if this little cat comes in and he sees that the bottom of the bowl is uncovered, he just comes up to you, sits at your feet, looks at you as if to say, fill the bowl. Gives you, just looks at you, stares at you. And so you immediately have to get up and uh, find the irons and top the bowl up. Absolutely unbelievable. We really are servants. You know, cats have servants, dogs have masters. And I think I've just proven it. Uh, and to make the point, another one has just decided that my lap is a good place to sit down, has just uh, plonked himself down. That's our scruffy blind Persian cat called Wilbur. So he's very sweet though. He's like the James Bond cat, only he's in grey rather than the white one that uh, Blof is it Blofeld had. Anyway, so there you go. Now we've finally come to the end of our allotted time, so I'm going to wish you a very, very good day. Um, I've been burbling on today, but uh, there's going to be a bit more gritty stuff coming out. And I hate to say there's going to be some awful news coming down. So be prepared for that because these numbers are going to go up. And uh, so what I say to everybody is stay safe, use your masks, wash your hands furiously, obsessively even, and um, also make sure that uh, your any hand lotion you've got is has alcohol in it uh, rubbing alcohol uh, because that is the only thing that will get rid of this uh, this virus because it's got a fatty covering on the actual virus itself and that's the only way to break it down but as they say soap and hot water is best anyway enjoy your very strange existence and we'll meet again sometime soon <laughs>